Section 63. A History of the Inquisition of Spain by Henry Charles Lay, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Scott Breck. History of the Inquisition of Spain, Volume 3, by Henry Charles Lay, Book 8, Chapter 4, Part 7. Spheres of Action. Censorship. Towards the close of the 18th century, Lorente tells us that licenses were difficult to obtain. When an application was made, the Inquisitor General instituted secret inquiries as to the character of the applicant, and if the result was favorable, he was required to state his object and the nature of the works that he desired to consult. If the license was granted, it was limited to a specific number of books in a definite branch of literature. Permission to keep them was rarely granted, and all licenses accepted works directed against Catholicism, such as the writings of modern philosophers. Doubtless this strictness may be true of certain times, but the practice varied according to the temper of the Inquisitor General or Suprema. There sometimes was great laxity, if we may believe the reasons alleged in 1747 by Prado y Suesta for revoking all licenses, for he says that on investigation he had found that there were not sought by men of learning, but by frivolous of both sexes to gratify idle curiosity, many persons merely made a verbal request to read a single book and extended the permission to cover all that they wanted, while others, seeing that ignorant people were licensed, thought that the privilege was general and availed themselves of it without asking. Licenses, moreover, were by no means so restricted in character as Lorente asserts. Some issued by Inquisitor General Bonifaz and Beltran cover all prohibited books except Machiavelli, Sarpi, Council of Trent, works assailing the Catholic religion and obscenities. And we have seen that religious houses generally and even occasionally individuals held licenses enabling them to purchase from estates considering miscellaneous lots of prohibited books the possession of which by deceased scholars show that they too must have enjoyed similar privileges. From the very numerous applications for licenses made about this time, it appears that there were customarily addressed to the Suprema, which referred them to the appropriate tribunal for a report as to the age, the learning, and the judgment of the applicant. Under the Restoration, this inquiry was extended to his moral and political conduct, showing that discrimination was made in favor of those whose conservative tendencies were approved. We have seen the ferocious penalties of death and confiscation provided in the law of 1558 for unauthorized printing. With these, the Inquisition had nothing to do, as its censorship was concerned only with books after publication, and its treatment of those who violated its rules was much more moderate. With its jurisdiction over them, it allowed no interference, even from Rome, for about 1565 it suppressed a papal jubilee indulgence because it contained faculties of absolution for keeping prohibited books. In the Index of 1559, the penalties threatened for reading, possessing, buying, or selling prohibited books were excommunication, late sentencing, lace sentence ipso facto, 200 ducats, and a menace of the prosecution for suspicion of heresy and disobedience. In the special edicts prohibiting individual books, there appears to be no established formula. 
Sometimes the penalty threatened is excommunication and 200 ducats, sometimes excommunication and punishment at discretion, sometimes excommunication, fine, and punishment at discretion. This discretion manifested itself in a great variety of penalties, moderate and severe, both as regards readers and booksellers, though the latter appear commonly to be more harshly visited. A rehabilitation granted September 28, 1647, to Luis Sanaran, bookseller of Saragossa, infers that he had been reconciled and deprived of his civil rights. Miguel Rodriguez, a bookseller of Madrid for importing and selling prohibited books, was sentenced August 1, 1763, to reprimand absolution ad cautelam, certain spiritual penances, all costs of trial and banishment from Madrid for six years, of which the first three were to be spent in an African presidio. This, of course, meant his utter ruin. At Lagrano, in 1645, Fray Tomas de Nieva, for teaching in his professorial chair from a prohibited book, was condemned to grave reprimand before his colleagues to retract certain propositions, to four years reclusion, and to perpetual deprivation of teaching and of voting and being voted for. On the other hand, in 1803, Don Jacobo Maria de Parga y Puga, for the inveterate habit of reading prohibited books, knowing them to be prohibited, in contempt for many years of the authority of the Inquisition, was sentenced by the Madrid Tribunal to fifteen days' spiritual exercises and to private reprimand in the apartments of the Inquisitor. So, in 1816, the Suprema, acting on a Samaria and without subjecting the delinquents to a trial, sent to the Santiago Tribunal a sentence on Juan Romero for reading prohibited books and on Joseph Manuel Garcia for selling and recommending them, for they were to present themselves before the nearest commissioner, who was to reprimand and warn them for a repetition of the offense they would not be treated with the same benignity. Cases of infraction until a comparative recent period are not frequent. After the excitement of the Reformation was suppressed, intellectual activity in Spain seems to have been reduced to such torpor that the forbidden fruit was little sought. In Toledo record from 1575 to 1610, there is not a single case, nor is there one in the same record from 1648 to 1794. In the disturbance of thought preceding and during the revolutionary epoch, prosecutions became more frequent, although still not as numerous as might be expected from the importance claimed by the Inquisition for its services. From 1780 until 1820, in the whole of Spain, the total aggregate amounts only to 305. During this period, from 1808 to 1815 inclusive, the Inquisition was virtually dormant, having only five cases in all, which would leave for the remaining years an average slightly under nine. The crowding of 101 cases in the six years, 1801 to 1806, reflect the urgency with which the government of Carlos IV was endeavoring to restrict the press, and there were 20 in 1819, insignificant of the agitation leading to the revolution of January 1820. The slenderness of the whole record is the measure of the success which attended the combined action of the state and of the Inquisition in benumbing for nearly three centuries the Spanish intellect. Although censorship was instituted for the suppression of heresy and for keeping heretical books and propositions from the people, it developed its utility in many directions, more or less connected with its primary object. 
it was inevitable that it should wage incessant warfare with the countless editions of the bible with protestant notes and commentaries and we have seen how industriously valdez prepared for his expurgatory index of the scriptures in fifteen fifty four it was however the vernacular versions that caused the greatest anxiety prior to the reformation there was practically no restriction on the circulation of the bible in the vulgar tongue it is true that in the early thirteenth century the struggle with the waldenses and the cathari who possessed versions of their own led to prohibitions by innocent the third in eleven ninety nine and by jaime the first of aragon in twelve thirty four while the council of toulouse in twelve twenty nine prohibited the possession by laymen of any portion of the bible even in latin as well as the breviary and the hours of the virgin in the vernacular because they contained extracts the decree of pope innocent became embodied in the corpus juris and thus remained familiar to canon lawyers it was adduced in the repertorium inquisitorum of fourteen ninety four but only in a kind of obiter dictum showing that at the time it was regarded as of no practical moment yet from the thirteenth to the sixteenth century there was no prescription of vernacular bibles the temporary causes which had led to the prohibition had passed away and many translations were made especially in germany one in catalan by bonifacio ferrer brother of san vincent ferrer was printed in valencia in 1478 under the editorship of the inquisitor jaime borel it was natural that the use made of the bible by the reformers should cause the revival of these obsolete prohibitions even before the compilation of the indexes we find inquisitor-general tavera granting to the duchess of soma wife of the admiral of naples a license to keep and read a bible in italian but the permission is limited to one year showing how carefully it was guarded it was therefore a matter of course that the index of fifteen fifty one should contain a prohibition of the bible in spanish or any vulgar tongue this zeal was intensified by the versions which the spanish refugees francisco de enzinas juan perez cipriano de valera and Cassiodoro de arena perfected and strove to introduce into spain but the prohibition was not confined to these it extended to all fragments and extracts however orthodox the rendering as though to keep the unlearned ignorant of the existence of the bible or at least to make them understand that it was a wholly forbidden book the index of fifteen fifty nine condemns twenty-two editions of the hours of the virgin in romance together with all others containing similar superstitions but the real objection was the passage of scripture contained in them and in fifteen seventy three all hours and romance were forbidden as the council of toulouse had done in twelve twenty nine the extreme care with which the public was guarded from the bible is seen in fifteen eighty three index of quiroga which in forbidding all portions of scripture in romance only accepts the fragments embodied in the canon of mass and the texts which catholic writers may cite and explain provided they are not printed alone but are in sermons and other works of edification so unreasoning was this jealousy that according to Espisueta, there were earnest men who desired to suppress vernacular versions of the creed the paternoster the ava maria and the salva regina a zeal which found practical expression in sixteen seventy four when the inquisition prohibited a work entitled exercicios de devotion 
because it contained translations of the miserere the magnificat the te doem and the athanasian symbol the people were to be kept in such profound ignorance that the sotomayor index of sixteen forty prohibits not only the vernacular bible and all its parts but even summaries and compendiums of it and as though to render it hateful in the edicts of faith it was classed with the koran and other mahometan books the possession of which was to be denounced to the inquisition it had to watch not only over its spanish flock but over its converts in the indies when it found that the english society of propagation of the gospel had caused versions to be made in indian tongues and was circulating them in america the unexpected missionary work called for fresh exertion and in seventeen ten we find clement the eleventh congratulating inquisitor-general ebafias on his efforts and urging him to persistent watchfulness this treatment of the bible seems to have piqued the curiosity of the intelligent for in seventeen forty seven inquisitor-general prado y suesta complains of the inordinate desire of many persons to have it in the vernacular but among the mass of the people it produced the impression desired in seventeen ninety one Villanueva tells us that they who once sought it now regard it with horror and detestation. Many care nothing for it and more are ignorant of its very existence. Yet within a decade of Prado's utterance, the policy of the church changed. Although in 1713 Clement XI in the bull Unigentius had condemned the use of the Bible by the laity as a Jansenist error yet only forty-four years later the congregation of the index in seventeen fifty seven conceded the use of vernacular versions if approved by the holy see and accompanied with orthodox comments this was followed in seventeen seventy one by a version of the acts of the apostles by cantinacci dedicated to clement the fourteenth and in seventeen seventy eight by the brief in tanta liborum in which pius the sixth approved of a translation of the whole bible by archbishop martini the spanish inquisition promptly followed the papal example in seventeen eighty two inquisitor-general beltran issued a decree reciting that ample cause had existed for exceeding the tridentide rule but these causes had ceased and in view of the usefulness of the sacred text the spanish rule was modified to conform to that of trent to the decree of the congregation of seventeen fifty seven and to the brief of seventeen seventy eight in seventeen eighty three the suprema ordered that the french version of the le maitre de saki would be freely allowed and in seventeen ninety there appeared in valencia a complete spanish translation by Cio de san miguel which was speedily and repeatedly reprinted no such evils have followed as were dreaded for two centuries showing how much wiser would have been the policy of meeting the heretic scriptures with an orthodox version fortified with appropriate comments the same jealousy of admitting the vulgar to too great a familiarity with spiritual things showed itself with regard to works of devotion and edification in fifteen seventy a consulta of the suprema to the inquisitor-general recommended that the catechism should not be printed in romance in the preface to the index of fifteen eighty three the prohibition of works by men of the highest christian repute such as fisher of rochester thomas more geronimo osorio francisco de borgia luis de granada juan de avila and others is explained partly by books having been falsely attributed to them, partly by occasional 
incautious passages and partly by their not being fitted for circulation in the vulgar tongue the case of obras de cristiano of saint francisco de borga is illustrative in the index of fifteen fifty nine it is simply prohibited after his death in fifteen seventy two as general of the society of jesus Quiroga, in the index of fifteen eighty three added only in romance or other vulgar tongue he was beautified in sixteen twenty four but the canonization proceedings were delayed in consequence of his book being in the spanish index and in sixteen sixty two the jesuit procurator general applied to the inquisition to rubricate the leaves of a copy and send it to the congregation of rites so as to remove the impediment but it was not until sixteen seventy one that he was finally enrolled in the catalogue of saints the effort to suppress mysticism manifested itself about sixteen twenty in numerous edicts to suppress books of mystic devotion and lives of men and women who evidently were mystics books of ritual were scrutinized with the same captiousness june fifteenth fifteen sixty eight the pontificals printed in duefias and valladolid were ordered to be seized in fifteen eighty three some pernicious errors were discovered in the breviary printed in salamanac in fifteen seventy five even books so elementary as cartillas or primers could not escape a carta acordada of november sixth fifteen seventy seven alludes to a previous one of june fourteenth ordering the suppression of cartillas containing an article entitled castigo y doctrina de caton since then it goes on to say there have been found in other cartillas various matters pernicious and contrary to the teachings of the church especially in those printed by juan de la plaza in toledo wherefore all cartillas of every kind are to be seized in the shops and in the hands of children going to school and orders are consequently given that no one under pains and censures shall hold read or sell them there was little indeed to which the inquisition could not extend the jurisdiction of its censorship the fifth council of la Turenne had alluded to the danger of the public peace arising from libelous attacks on individuals as one of the reasons for the examination and licensing of books before printing but this was a purely secular matter and the faculties conferred on the inquisitor-general looked solely to the suppression of heresy clement the eighth however in his index of fifteen ninety six included as subjects of condemnation defamatory memorials against religion or princes and this opened the way to much else it is true that an experienced writer assures us that although such writing can be suppressed by edict it cannot be under pain of excommunication but only as a command under pain of mortal sin and that the inquisition cannot proceed against the author unless the faith is involved these limitations however were easily overpassed we have seen how inquisitor-general pacheco in sixteen twenty three condemned some legal documents in defence of the chancellery of granada and commenced prosecutions of the council who had drawn them up his successor zapata in sixteen twenty seven was a trifle more cautious in a conflict wherein the inquisition was not concerned the universities of salamanca valladolid and alcala united in an attack on the jesuits and their new college when the inquisition ordered the papers suppressed on the ground that it was anonymous and harsh in style 
then salamanaca came forward and acknowledged the authorship the jesuit procurator still asked for its suppression but the inquisition decided that it was not the calidad de oficio and withdrew the prohibition but still assumed authority to require the removal of asperities philip the fourth was dissatisfied as he favored the jesuits and asked in what this case differed from others in which pacheco had suppressed similar papers end of section sixty three